Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to another edition of the Hang Time with Howie podcast featuring Lucas Armstrong. That's right, we did an NBA Finals preview. Now we're going to do an NBA Finals breakdown, maybe a little NFL talk. We'll see. All right, but are you ready to get into the final? I am. Let's hope uh, Let's hope we get a strong connection here. <laughs> we should. My phone should not be cut now, you know? Cool, cool. Love that. <laughs> All right. So, first thing, you're the only true, true Laker fan I know. Like, someone who's actually from California and, like, supported them. Like, forget the Kobe years. Like, the Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Hill, Wesley Johnson. Like, you like those Lakers. <laughs> so, how does it feel? How does it feel for the Lakers to finally win as a true Laker fan? Oh, man. It feels so good. It's been a long 10 years. I mean, like you just named all those guys, the Shannon Browns of the world, the Robert Sacres, the Luke, the uh, Jordan Kellys. I mean, just. It's you can go on. It's unbelievable some of the rosters they put together. The Jordan Hill. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was a long 10 years. Uh, you know, Kobe and Powell, they, they got it done. And then from there, it went downhill. Uh, and even last year with LeBron, it wasn't great. You know, he got hurt. But I'm glad that our, our first appearance back in the playoffs, uh, we took it home. So, yeah, it feels great to be a, a true Laker fan, a diehard from day one, born and raised. And uh, here we are back on top of the mountain where, where we like it. So it feels good, man. Because, yeah, I, I'm willing to admit, like, I, I hopped on the bandwagon. <laughs> real quick and i've done it a couple times too so like of course in 2000s when they went on their first run you know i'm seven years old like that was the first time i actually like paid attention to basketball with Shaq and right. kobe dominating so that was awesome right. and then you had yeah. kobe's run in 2009-10 you know right in high school time of course you're paying attention and then like now it's like the full progression you know it's pretty cool and think they've won what 2000 2010 2020 they started every decade the past 30 years with the championship they have yeah i you know i heard i heard that i heard them talking about that um at the end of the broadcast so what does that make you think do you make do you make does that make you think they can win back to back because they repeated in 2000 2001 2002 and then won back to back in 2009 2010 you think LeBron and Anthony Davis can win more? Yes, I do. Uh, that's the short answer. Um, are they going to need some help? Of course they are. Uh, every great championship team, you know, has a, is surrounded by talented players. Um, but I think, do they have the chemistry to, to repeat and to be able to go back to back? Yes. Um, Anthony Davis, you know, he's great. He's young. And when you get a guy like LeBron and you're 17 in his career, he needs someone young like that to carry him along because, you know, he might not bring it every night. Um, but I think that they'll, they'll make some key off season moves that, you know, Palinka and the crew will hopefully try to piece the puzzle together again uh, and, and give them another legitimate shot at repeating and uh, defending their championship. 
because yeah, their contract situation is like <laughs> wide open. They're going to make moves. I for sure though think that Anthony Davis and LeBron James can win another title. If they stay together, if Anthony Davis stays with the Lakers, they can for sure win another. I agree. They got to bring in some other pieces because you know, the bubble should have been the time for guys to shine. And like, I don't think some guys show that they can win next year with those specific players. Like it's just going to get tougher. Competition's only going to get better. So I think they got, <laughs> they got to make moves, but I for sure think that they can win more championships. So what, what's your initial takeaway for the Lakers winning in six games against the Miami heat? And it should be mentioned. I said that the Lakers would win in six, but I digress. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when we did our preview. Uh, I was calling Lakers in five just because that's what it had been the first three series. And I said, you I know, mean, why not? Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you called it Lakers in six. Um, you know, I, I thought it could have went in five and it could have went in seven. You know, the Lakers were, were pretty close at, at taking a game from the Heat. And the Heat, you know, were pretty close at, uh, at taking a game back from the Lakers. Um, so... When, when you get when you get to the championship the NBA finals you know you need some luck to go to be on your side and uh, you know I think the Lakers had a little bit more of that luck but I think at the end of the day the best team still won and am I surprised that it took them six games to knock off the heat not really um, I think we both agreed you know during our preview that the heat were a solid team and they weren't going to be you know a slouch. Um, you know, even after the game one blowout and, and it looked like, you know, it was David versus Goliath, but, uh, Spolstra and the crew found a way to, to battle back and, and make it a series. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, you ask any of those Lakers guys on the, on the squad and, and, and they'll say the heat, the heat were, uh, it was a battle and, and, you know, they gave them all they could handle. So, yeah, no, I agree that, you know, the heat are no pushovers. I think. And like Jimmy Butler as the leader, like he for sure showed me that he's a top 15 player in the league. I'm not, I don't think I'm willing to say top 10 just yet, but like Jimmy Butler and the cast of players that he has with bam, Tyler hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, I guess Jay Crowder played well too. Like they have guys who can step up and perform like they were no slouch, but I agree with you. You know, teams have to get lucky to win championships. You could look back at every championship and nitpick like, Oh, if an injury doesn't happen, like last year, for instance, Oh, if KD and clay don't go down, does Kawhi win that second title and second finals MVP? No, but that's what happens. That's the luck of the draw. Like no one diminishes the Raptors accomplishment, just like you can't diminish the Lakers accomplishment. So I think, you know, the, like you said, the better team won, but, for sure. The, I don't think the Lakers at any point were in jeopardy of losing this series. Uh, I think to you like at, at any point in the series, like I, I will say though, in game four, I was legit like, cause it was a back and forth game. Like game four, I think was the game changer. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, you know, and, and just think of it. Game four is a big one, right? You either you, you're the series is two to one. The Lakers win, they go up 3-1, they have a commanding lead, you know, it's almost impossible that they're going to drop the series. If the Heat win, things are tied, and, and now it's a race, you know, it's a best of three, and it's who can get two wins. Um, so game four was huge. Um, had the Lakers lost game four and it been tied 2-2, two, two, 
would it have went seven games? You know, it could have the very good chance, but you know, when, when the Lakers go up three, one, you know, they're obviously in the driver's seat with the two best players, you know, in the finals on the same team. Uh, you know, they did drop a game five, you know, but Miami's got to come, come out and give everything they got, you know, their backs are against the wall. If they don't come out and play hard, you know, their season's going to be over. And so, uh, you know, you saw Jimmy Butler play, you know, what, 47 and a half minutes of 48. So, uh, no, no big surprise there. Um, you know, I, I tend to always agree with you a lot on, on things that we talk about Luke, but I'll disagree with you on one thing. I, 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 I truly believe after watching these past six games in the finals and uh, all of the other bubble games, playoffs, and the, the eight games leading up to the playoffs, that Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player in the NBA. Hands down. Hands down, for sure. You're saying, <laughs> I think he's great. He is incredible. Like, he the has only, some incredible games. The only weakness of his game is his three-point shooting and, and, his, and his lack thereof. I mean, he shot 31% and from the three-point line I, in the You finals. know, it seemed low. It seemed that low. But the stats will say, but honestly, when he shot those shots, they were go- it looked like it was going in every time. I yeah, will I mean, say his, that. Like, his, Billy, but, like every, I will say that he was the only reason I was afraid this series at any point for the Heat to come back is that game four – and game five were the two difference makers. I think game four for sure was the huge difference maker. But yeah, I mean, I'll tell you like, this: you, you and I, you and I do a fantasy draft, and, and we draft, you know, our starting five each, right? And I can guarantee you that if you don't pick Jimmy Butler, he'll be on my team in one of the top ten players. So uh, that's my stance. Uh, kudos to that guy uh, for for carrying the load for his team and, and taking them as far as they went. Um, because it wasn't like he just showed up in the finals. I mean, he was there throughout the entire playoffs. Um, so, yeah. I, and my hat to I, got, I love his intensity. He's already back in the gym, already posting pictures, getting back in the gym the day after he leaves the bubble. Day after they lose the finals. Like, he's an, he is an animal, I will say that. But another conversation for another day for who's top 10. But he's definitely a great player. Like I will say, definitely one of the best players in the league. But let's move on to who he faced, though. LeBron. LeBron James. Fourth finals MVP, third with a different team. Like, what does this mean for LeBron? Well, I think, I think it means a lot. Uh, like we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, LeBron... You know, if LeBron was to win another one, that only enhances his legacy and, and his career and all of his haters and naysayers. Um, I think that we both agree that the guy is, you know, if not the best athlete we've ever seen, one of the one of the best athletes that any sport has ever seen. Uh, you know, he's he, he's an incredible piece of work. Um, he does so much so well, and it, his vision vision for the game. Um, is head and shoulders above the rest of the league. You know, I think that, and Rajon Rondo said this today, but I think that when you get two players like him and Rajon on the same team that have the same level of a basketball IQ and, and they just see things differently, they're going to be so hard to beat. And, you know, 
LeBron. I mean, real, real quick on that. They changed the Heat's game plan after two games with what Rondo and LeBron did against that zone. It had beaten every team to that point. The Bucks couldn't figure it out. I think the Celtics figured it out like way too late in the series for them to come back. But like the Lakers made the Heat change their entire game plan on how they were going to play defense. Yeah, no, like, I mean, you, you that's how good head. those two together are. Their IQ is unreal when it comes to basketball. If, if someone didn't watch, you know, the series between the Bucks and the Heat and then the Celtics and the Heat and only watched the last couple of games between the Lakers and the Heat, you would have never known that they had tried or experimented and played this great zone defense that then became diminished by LeBron and, and Rondo. I mean, those two guys picked apart the zone to the point where Eric Spolster said, if we want any chance of winning this series, we can't play zone. And, you know, they abandoned, they abandoned what got them to the finals. <laughs> and that, that's and, th- and then played well and then forced the champions to six. Like there were no slouches either. Once they switched to that man, man defense, it was, it was unreal coaching by Spolstra. Like the ability to adjust that quick to be like, okay, we got to change everything. Cause they, they are too good. They are too good. They'll pick our zone apart. And I think that's what, se- that, like you said, the better team won. That's what separated LeBron and the Lakers from everyone else in this bubble. Everyone else was given the same chance to not have to travel, to, you know, sleep in the same bed, to be at ho- nice hotels. Like everyone was given the same chance, same opportunity. And I just think the better team won. Like LeBron proved he's the most dominant player on the planet. He's the best player in the world. And it's pretty crazy that everywhere he goes, he wins. Like went to Miami, won two championships. Cleveland, coming back, two championships. And then to the Lakers. And every year in the second year, won the championship with those respective organizations. He's the most dominant player in the league. And the thing is, too, is that and, and, and you know this just as much as I do, but the second LeBron decided to, you know, come to LA and, Oh, you know, Western conference, LeBron to the West. Oh, he can't get it done. The West is so tough. The West is so tough. LeBron, this LeBron, that, you know, all the naysayers. Um, <laughs> here he goes. He proved him wrong. Right. He, what, what, what did he say the other night? Uh, you give me my damn respect too. So respect, respect earned from Mr. James. Yeah, for absolutely. For some reason, like a guy who is just incredible, just gets so much hate for no reason. Like it is pretty daunting that one athlete gets this much hate, but it has been this spectacular to win fourth championship, fourth finals MVP in his 30, as he's 35 years old, 17th year in the league. Like it's just, it is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. The things he's doing, but you're right. The transfer from, he couldn't do it in the East. To now doing it in the West against you know other tandems, other super teams that we'd like to call them with you know Harden and Westbrook, the the uh, Clippers didn't even advance though. You know there's a lot of great teams in this league, but LeBron still showing that he's the difference maker out there. You know, the, and I think now, the, yeah, yeah, I think the no, biggest thing to I, yeah, I was gonna say I think the biggest thing to realize too is that. You know, LeBron now has four championships. 
And, you know, he's gotten it done with Eric Spolstra, you know, Frank Vogel, and Ty Lue, right? So, um, you know, Kobe, MJ, they had Phil. In my mind, Phil's the greatest coach ever. And, you know, LeBron has been able to do it with, you know, the, not bad NBA coaches, but not when we talk about the greatest of all no. time, you know, those coaches aren't in that conversation. Yeah, 100%. Like, LeBron has done it with – they're d- decent coaches, but they're not legends. Like, if he right. had a Popovich, Phil Jackson, like, if he was drafted into the right organization and not Cleveland – like, think about where his career could be even before today. It, it could be drastically different. He has done a lot with very little. And I know he's teamed up with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh in Miami. But when you really think about it, like, Dwayne Wade and LeBron were just good athletes. Did they really gel that well together? Like, from a fit standpoint compared to what Anthony Davis and LeBron are doing? And you know, I think Kyrie fit well with LeBron, but they still need the ball in their hand. You know, I think Anthony Davis is LeBron's best teammate that he's ever played with. No, it, no doubt about at that. This, no I doubt would say career-wise, Dwayne Wade overall is the better player at this point in time. But as a tandem together of who I would want LeBron to pair up with, who he's already played with now, it would be Anthony Davis. He was for sure one of the biggest difference makers in this finals as well for this Lakers team. But like you touched on with Rondo, who are some of the other, you know, difference makers for the Lakers? Like who do you think stepped up that you were kind of surprised with how well they played? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you would have told me that Contavious Caldwell Pope would have been the third leading scorer on the Lakers after the finals were over, I wouldn't have believed you. And I know that, you know, he didn't, he didn't shoot a great percentage um, from beyond the arc. You know, he shot just over 30%. Um, you know, he did attempt the most threes on the team. But, you know, he averaged almost 13 points a game. Um, and, you know, I think he was the biggest surprise to me, not knowing, you know, what, what KCP was going to show up. Um, you know, he kind of had been hit and miss all season. Um, you know, I, so I, so I think he was, he was my biggest surprise and, you know, I was, I was happy for him cause I know being a Laker fan, he, he gets ripped a lot, uh, at least in California, he gets ripped a lot, um, you know, from his times when he was on house arrest and he couldn't play any away games, uh, to, you know, the struggles That's he right. had earlier this season. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, said, why, why are we paying this man $16 million? Uh, I mean, he started the year, first game of the season, shot 0 for 9. 0 for 9, 0 points. That was his yeah. first game of this season. Yeah. Like, he yeah, stepped he, up. He didn't get off to time. a great start. Um, so, you know, his performance in, in the finals, um, you know, was, was validated by, uh, you know, his contract. He stepped up big. Um, you know, obviously, I think, and, and we both agreed that Rondo would play a huge part. And I think he did um, even, you know, get, given the limited minutes that he played, uh, you know, he was, he was still fourth on the team in, in minutes played, which is, you know, uh, very surprising for how old he is and how much they, 
you know, how much they didn't really utilize him in the first few series. But I think that people saw that when the, when the money's on the line, Rondo's in the game. Um, and I think that was one of the downfalls, honestly, in the game five loss is that he should have been on the floor in crunch time those last minute, minute and a half. And, you know, he was nowhere to be found. And not to say that he would have won them the game and, and he's the reason they lost, but it doesn't, it never hurts to have him on the floor. Uh, you know, he's a guy that makes very few mistakes. And if he does make some mistakes, usually they're not strung together, um, you know, back to back to back, like some guys do. And so, you know, I think, I think Rondo, um, he was a huge asset, you know, to the team. Um, I always find it incredible that a point guard of his size, you know, can average over five rebounds a game. And, you know, he's done it throughout his career. It's nothing new. It's not like a surprise. Um, he just sticks his nose in there. He gets in the right positions. He knows how to read where the ball is going to come off, you know, and he gets to the ball and, uh, yeah, he's extremely well-rounded and the Lakers are fortunate enough to have him, and I sure hope they can keep him. Oh, from watching this, like this team, I can easily say the third best player on the team to watch and on the court is Rondo. Uh, his basketball, like IQ for what, like, you might look at the stats and be like eight points, five rebounds, five assists. That's not much. But if you watch the game, he truly was a difference maker in a, a lot of this series. Like the, his, his three point percentage, like you said, with Pope, you know, 33% from three for Rondo isn't great, but some of the shots he were hitting, he was hitting were so crucial to the Lakers offense, especially when it is the lineup of Rondo, LeBron, Davis, Pope. It doesn't seem like there's that much shooting out there, but like there actually is. They spaced the floor really well all together when all four of them were on the floor. Like I agree. Rondo should have been out there. I think who got too much hate, but stepped up kind of nice. Kuzma hit eight points. Like (laughs) it is Kuzma. I I know what you're going to say. It is Kuzma, but he played all right. I liked what he did sometimes. And then, Alex Caruso, I think, was a huge difference maker, obviously, in the last game. Like, he got the start, and he gives energy to that team on defense. He's kind of like Rondo, just younger, obviously doesn't have the IQ that Rondo has just because, you know, he's not even close to been in the league the same amount of time. But Caruso played really nice the entire finals. Like, he, he averaged six points. But I would say, like, he's just a fan favorite. He's an energizer bunny and he goes out there and gets the job done. But with these Laker role players, like who do you want them to bring back next year? Like definitively, who would you be like? I really hope they come back because they, their team is going to be drastically different next year when you look at their contracts and how it's situated. So who do you want to bring back? Yeah. You know, I, I think that, you know, you make a valid point. Alex Caruso provides great energy, whether it was off the bench or even, you know, when he got to start in game six. And I think that he's a, a great example of a true professional and understanding his role and what, what his team needs from him versus trying to be somebody that he's not. Cause I think a lot of the times you get in professional sports and you get guys with big egos and, you know, they want to go out and it wants to be all about them and, what are my stats? And I think Caruso and all season long, not just in the playoffs, but 
all season long was like, what, what can I do to make my team, you know, give my team the best possible chance to win. And, and whatever that was, he did it. And I think that's where he earns not only a lot of respect from his, his, you know, teammates, but also the coaching staff. And, you know, he's put in the work he's undrafted, right? He went to the G league. He was on a two way contract, you know, and, and now he started a finals game and I, I sure hope they can bring him back. Um, do I think he's the most, you know, valuable piece they need to bring back? No, but I think that he, he's a big part of the team and, you know, he's got a bright future ahead. And I think that he's only going to get better. Um, as I said before, I sure hope, I sure hope they bring Rajon Rondo back. And the last one I'll touch on is I sure hope they bring Avery about Avery Bradley back. Uh, I know that, you know, he was hurt and then he opted out, but man, I can't imagine what this team would have done with a, with an Avery Bradley um, on their roster. Um, so I think those three guys, uh, Rondo, Caruso, and Bradley should be their focal point of if they're going to look at their current roster and say, hey, who do we need to you know, make sure we lock down for the 2020-2021 season? It would be those three guys. Yeah, and as far as what, like how the contracts at least break down, like Anthony Davis has a player option, Contavious Caldwell Pope has a player option, Avery Bradley has a player option, JaVel McGee has a player option, Rondo has a player option, Dwight's an unrestricted free agent, Markeith Morris is an unrestricted free agent. Like they're bringing in an entirely new squad to run it back. Like really, the only guys under contract definitively right now are really LeBron and Danny Green. Like it's they're going to be a drastically different team. And I'm kind of looking forward to see the kind of moves that they make in the off season. Like maybe they don't bring some of those guys back, or maybe they make a trade for someone and bring in a third star. Anyone in particular that you think they'll target or have any idea who they might go after. That's currently not on the team already. You know, I don't, I don't really have anyone that, you know, I wish or I hope they target, you know, I think that if we're looking at, you know, what, what are they going to need to bring in to give themselves a realistic chance of defending their title? You know, they're going to need to bring in, you know, a guard, you know, a shooter, someone, someone that can knock down the open three pointer, but also, you know, defend on the other end of the floor, uh, much like KCP did this year. And then I think that they either, you know, they're going to have to retain either Dwight or JaVale. Um, you know, I, I think that having that second rim protector behind Anthony Davis is crucial, especially over the course of an 82-game season. Uh, it's a lot different when you're in a seven-game playoff series. But, I mean, if you want me to throw out some names of who I would like to see them go get, you know, I think the first person that jumps to, jumps to mind is, you know, like a Karis LeVert or a Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, oh, Definitely. You know, with with Kyrie and Katie, you know, most likely set to return next year. Um, you know, I, I think there's been some chatter about those two guys and what their roles will look like on the Brooklyn Nets and do they want to be a part of that team moving forward. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think both of those guys would be great assets, um, you know, to AD and LeBron because, I mean, don't get me wrong, Luke, we, we know that, you know, AD has the player option, but at this point, after the result that just happened, I, I don't think that there's any doubt in my mind that he is not, you know, not returning. Um, you know, I would say he's 99% coming back. So. Oh, I, I agree 100% with that. How could you leave? 
Yeah. Honestly, how could you, you walk away from it? Now, I do think he might decline in his player option and maybe get do what LeBron does, get a two-year deal, forces the team to still make decisions but keeps your options open after a couple years. But I, there's no way he doesn't return. But with him returning, LeBron, you think they can repeat? You think they can do it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I do. I, I, um, you know, I, I think their biggest threats to the repeat, um, you know, in, in no specific order, is you know the Celtics, uh, Golden State, and then the Clippers. Um, you know, I think the Clippers obviously will bring in a new coach, and Kawhi and Paul George will have another year together, and. You know, I, I think Montrezl Harrell will be gone, but, you know, I think they'll, they'll add, try to add some key pieces to strengthen their roster a little bit. Um, you know, we should see a healthy Clay Thompson and a healthy Steph Curry. Um, and, and we all saw what those guys did even, even pre-Kevin Durant and the runs that they went on. So, you know, I think that they'll be a threat to be reckoned with, especially with a second pick in the NBA draft and, and what that looks like and if that – if that player they end up drafting can have an immediate impact on their team. Um, and then I, I just think that Boston, you know, given, given their, their current roster and, and Brad Stevens, you know, I know that he hasn't been successful and been able to, you know, get it done here of late, but I still think that he's one of the best coaches in the league. And over the course of an 82 game season, his team, you know, w- will be a serious threat. You know, Boston battled a lot of injuries um, with Kemba Walker and and Tatum and Jalen Brown. So, you know, if I'm looking at any of the threats to, you know, dethrone the Lakers on their repeat, um, those are the three teams that I'm looking at. But, you know, I got all all the confidence in my purple and gold uh, to get it done next year. I agree 100 percent with the Lakers. I for sure think they can repeat. LeBron shown best player in the world, Anthony Davis. I would say top seven player in the world. You could argue top five, but whatever it may be, he's one of the top players in the world. They're going to make moves. They're going to make other additions, make the roster better, but don't, don't sound about right of the teams that have the biggest threat Clippers for sure. Golden state's going to bounce back. Nuggets might make some additions. You don't know they were good, but Lakers shown that they're better, but you never know. Maybe they could make additions. I think the Jazz could improve their roster, but really not that legitimate of a threat. But that in the East, I'm a little surprised you didn't mention Brooklyn as maybe a threat. You know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving joining up. What about those Bucks or even the Heat again? The Heat could make offseason moves. Maybe, you know, we've heard rumblings about. Victor and Depot and different different guys all around the league. Speculation. I'm surprised you didn't mention those teams. Why do you really only think that the Clippers, Warriors, and Celtics? Or maybe you just didn't happen to mention those teams. Yeah, I mean it's I don't I I don't think it's not to say that I don't think those teams will be good that you just mentioned. You know, I think the Nets are gonna be talented. Do I think they're gonna have the championship caliber squad? Uh no. Um Milwaukee. You know, I, I know Giannis is great and, you know, back-to-back MVP and yada, 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 but I've I just never been big on Milwaukee. I don't think that they have what it takes to win an NBA championship given, you know, their current formation of their roster. Um, I'm not a huge Brooke Lopez guy, and when they added him, I thought that was funny. 
Um, so, you know, that's, that's why I'm a little bit down on Milwaukee versus some of the other teams I mentioned. You know, I agree the Heat. The Heat could be there again. Um, you know, I think that the Heat are only going to get better. But I also think that come next year, um, you know, if, if we end up not playing in a bubble and they're able to go back to, you know, the traditional schedule and traditional playoffs home and aways, you know, I don't know how strong the Heat are in, in a situation like that. I think we both mentioned that the Heat, you know, seem to be a perfect bubble team to us. Um, a lot of young guys, you know, no travel, no, not have to worry about, you know, any distractions on the road or, you know, any crowds or rambunctious environments. And so, you know, I just think that the Heat are a solid team, but at the end of the day, are, can the Heat compete with the teams that, you know, I mentioned? I don't believe so. And, um, you know, would I be surprised if the Heat took down Boston again? No. But I just think that Boston, Golden State, and, and the Clippers um, – should be the teams to look out for. And I'm, I'm no expert, uh, so I could be wrong, but that's just what I think. And I, I would, I, this is why I like talking to you, because like you said, we agree on a lot of things. I agree with you about the Bucks. I agree with you about the Nets as well. I know that they have a lot of star power with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, but what's the rest of that roster looking like? That makes a big difference. And, like you said with the Milwaukee, I don't believe in them as currently constructed. Out of the Eastern Conference, is re- I, I think it's really the Celtics and Raptors at the top. Because I agree with you with Miami. Talked about it. They, going on the road matters. Like playing in Toronto is a tough environment. Playing in Boston is a tough environment. And those are not easy places to go to. Even in the final, playing at the Staples Center, playoff time, like they – it will be loud. Golden State, they've shown that their fans can show up and be loud. Like That will make a difference moving forward for however it plays out. And I really hope we go back to that. I don't want to keep seeing it in a bubble. Like, I think it was good for 2020. It was what needed to be done in the middle of the pandemic. But I really hope that we can go back to having fans. You know, But that's, that's a dream. That's a dream at this point, Lucas, with this coronavirus. But like we, like I just mentioned with the bubble, do you think the bubble was successful? Yeah, I, I think the bubble was extremely successful. I think that, you know, what the NBA did to get the ownership of all of the teams, you know, that were in the playoff hunt to initially buy in to the idea of the bubble and that it, it could work and it, and it, it would work um, was a big ask, you know, the players, the coaches, the, the support staffs, the video staffs, even the NBA staff, you know, a lot of those people gave up a lot, um, you know, to be away from your daily routines and your family for, you know, an extended period, period of time is not easy. Um, you know, there's nothing really to compare it to, but if I had to compare it to something, it would be like, you know, you being a, a true freshman, going away to college for the first time ever and not being able to come home, you know, until Christmas break. Um, and, you know, having to change your routine and, and go about business differently and live out of a hotel room. Um, you know, it can't be easy. Um, and I know that the professional athletes get a lot of criticisms for the luxury lives they live. 
but at the same time, you know, they're entertainers just like musicians are. And their job is to provide entertainment. And I think at the end of the day, the entertainment was provided. The bubble was successful. And I think that if you had to ask that participated in the bubble, if they would have done it a different way, sure, there could have been things that changed here and there. But I think the overall aspect of the bubble was extremely successful. Oh, I'm on the same page as you. I think the bubble was great. They didn't have any positive tests in the bubble. That's the most incredible part. Like even Lou will go into the strip club. <laughs> Get them chicken wings, baby. With, like, Get them chicken exactly. wings. Exactly. Lemon pepper Lou, huh? Almost compromised the whole bubble. He didn't even get it. No positive <laughs> test. I think that the bubble was great. It allowed the players to use their platform. They did entertain, but I'll agree with you. They get a lot of criticism for, you know, the lifestyle they live, but, I know what it's like to live in a hotel room for a month. I did it when I worked for the Orlando Apollos and those walls get closer every day you're in there. It, it is a mini prison cell after a while. Uh, it, living in a hotel is not fun. Eating hotel theme park food, which Disney is, is not the greatest lifestyle from what they're used to having. It's a downgrade. And honestly, your analogy it couldn't have been spoken any better, Lucas, of what you said, a college freshman going off for the first time to school. All they can do is play basketball, play video games, and that's it. That's, they're not, they can't go anywhere else. There's nowhere else to go. They don't get to see their family. I understand they were allowed a couple guests, but not a lot of players did that. Not a lot, there weren't a lot yeah. of people there that the players brought in. So it was, the bubble was a huge success. It was definitely daunting on the players to listen to them talk about it on how it was like, this is one of the biggest challenge ever. And yeah. Well, I mean, without a doubt, the you, only people, like you said, you know, family members, you know, they weren't really allowed in the bubble until the Western and Easter conference finals. And when they were, you know, it was limited, I think to like one or two family members, depending on, you know, if they had a child or not. And so, um, you know, and, and those family members having to quarantine when they arrived, right? It wasn't just like, oh, you know, my mom and dad's here and I'm going to go see them tonight. No, they were there in quarantine for seven to 10 days before they ever got to, you know, see their loved ones. And I think that that, that was where the NBA went right. And, and they, they were strict to their policy and they stuck to it no matter who it was. Um, and, and it worked, right? No, no positive cases once things got going. And I think that's something that we're seeing, you know, in the NFL right now and that they're struggling with is, you know, they don't have a strict policy to enforce and, and they're not bubbled and, you know, they're having issues getting games in. Um, and, and the NBA, those players sacrificed a lot to, to be there. And, you know, I tip my hat to all those guys that made the decision to, you know, leave their families and, and sacrifice something to, you know, be able to go, play the game they love and, and compete for a championship. So, um, you know, I think it says a lot about the league and, and the teams that competed. And I think it was one of the better playoffs too. Hey, this was no easy task. Whoever was going to win. It was going to be a daunting experience we spoke about it before in the last episode of they have to literally stop playing for four months and then regroup and play high octane basketball. Like this was no easy task for Whoever was going to win this, and it happened to be the Lakers. 
it, it was one of the tougher experiences. You listen to how the players talk about it and the mental stress that it took to do this. Um, would you say there's an asterisk? Some people are saying that this championship doesn't count or is a little fraudulent. Do you think this is a legit championship and why? Yes, it is. Point blank. The championship is legit. Because I'll tell you this. If the playoffs had conducted under a normal season, the advantage would have been in, in the Lakers' favor. Uh, the number one seed, home court advantage, and you look at the road they would have had to have traveled up to Portland, you know, out to Houston, up to Denver for a few games. But the Lakers facing either the Celtics or the Heat or whatever team would have advanced had there been a normal, you know, non-bubble playoffs, the Lakers had the biggest advantage and that advantage was taken away. And I think that when you have a team of veterans like the Lakers do, you have to sacrifice and you have to give up that much more when you go into a bubble versus a team like the Heat with a lot of young guys. And, you know, you saw the, the photos and the pictures of all of the Lakers little kids, you know, at practice throughout the, the bubble and, you know, on the floor celebrating the championship. And I think that will, will people want to put an asterisk by this championship? Of course they will because the Lakers won. And the Lakers and the Celtics are the two most hated franchises of all times because they've had the most success. And that goes along with anything. You know, LeBron gets hatred because he's been successful. Kobe was hated because he was successful. MJ was hated because he was successful. And so I think that at the end of the day, when the true basketball fan looks at, you know, what these guys went through to get to where they ended up at, you know, there will be some great, great appreciation for, for what happened this year. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. This championship 100% counts. Yeah, it goes down. It not only just goes down in the history book as they played the game and that's how it happened, but I'm with you. No matter what, the Lakers would have ended up winning this thing. They, they had the number one home court advantage, number one seed in the West. Staples Center gets rocking. They have the two best tandem in the league. LeBron's the best player. I for sure think the Lakers are going to win. And the, another reason that it, this championship counts, if everyone else's team won, they would support it. They would cheer for it. Like they would say they're world champion. That's why it matters. Like the league played the games and that's why. And everyone would have supported their team had they won. If the Bucks won, Bucks fans would be saying, oh, first championship since what, Oscar Robinson and Kareem. Yeah, Clippers first. They would say first championship ever. Everyone would hop aboard and say this is who won, and would have criticized LeBron for losing. So that's why Lakers won. LeBron did he get lucky? Like you mentioned, yeah, maybe he got caught some breaks by lose not having to play the Clippers, by maybe having getting to play the Heat instead of the Bucks, who were the one seed, or the Celtics, like you've mentioned, as another good team. But LeBron deserves some breaks. After the gauntlet of teams that he's had to face in the finals, he deserved to be the definitive way better team in an NBA finals. Yeah, I mean, like, I really think, think about the, it. That's, that's the most the important thing, thing yeah. is that 
they had the better team and, and it was, it was clear cut that they were the best team. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to hear people as a Laker fan. It's hard to hear people say, Oh, well, you know, they avoided, they avoided the Clippers, you know, they avoided Toronto, they avoided Milwaukee. Well, guess what? The Lakers have no control over who they're going to play. And you can't, you can't bash them for not facing those teams because if those teams end up going down, well, that's just more kudos to the Lakers for being able to, you know, win in the bubble in a, in a, in a, in a quote unquote, you know, tough environment under, under unusual circumstances and, and being able to persevere, uh, in a, in a weird, funky, goofy year. Uh, every team was given the same opportunity. You show up, you get to play eight games for the regular season, decide the seeding, and then we go right into a normal playoff. Every team had the same opportunity as the Lakers to win a championship. And it really shows the best team won. Why? Like you said, it's disappointing to hear that people will say, well, they missed the, they dodged the Clippers. They didn't get to play. The, like you said, they didn't get to play those teams. That just shows at the end of the day, those teams weren't good enough to get there. If they really were that championship caliber team that everyone claimed the Clippers to be, the Celtics to be, the Raptors to be, the Bucks to be, those teams would have advanced and played the Lakers and beat them. But, oh, no. they didn't. They lost no. early. They didn't no get doubt. the opportunity to play the Lakers because they weren't good enough. That's the problem why you can't say that, oh, they had an easy run. No, they had the most difficult run because those are the teams that won. Right. They all yeah, have the same opportunity, same playoff. There, there should be no, no shame for the Lakers doing what they did and no discrediting what they did, regardless if it's the bubble, regardless of the teams they played. They went out and they won the championship. There, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. And, and I'll, I'll even say this. The Lakers played well. It wasn't like the Lakers played average and they just happened you know, to play teams that were you know, not up to par. I mean, if you look at it, during, during the course of the regular season, the Lakers averaged 72.9 from the free throw line, right? I think it was like tw- they were good for like 28th in the league or 29th in the league. So at the very bottom, you know, the, in the finals, they shot 80% from the free throw line as a team. So, you know, it's not like they were, you know, they were playing subpar or they were, you know, playing good and just good enough to get by. I mean, they were dominating. They won in five, they won in five, they won in five, and then they won in six. And, you know, before we, before we, you know, end, end this bubble talk, I just think that the people, the general public need to realize what the players sacrificed and what was given up. And, you know, that it wasn't as peachy clean as you may have seen on TV, right? Like you said, the hotel rooms were smaller, you know, the walls start creeping in day by day as it goes on and, and you give up your, your daily routines and, and you got to adjust and, and come up with new routines um, you know, after you've played 60 games or so. And so I, I, I think that at the end of the day, I, I hope that the true basketball fan doesn't hold an asterisk above this championship. Yeah, right there with you. This is a legit championship. The, the real basketball fans know that this counts and there's no star or, you know, people are now, you know, the haters always with LeBron. They always just come out of the woodwork after any accomplishment he does. And they're saying he's now... Three, six, and one. He has a tie in the finals. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, you know well, how the haters just love. I want to. I want to ask yeah, you one great, more question. I want to ask you one more question about the bubble before we move on, just because you brought it up and it and it uh, brings back some 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 good memories. I wouldn't say great memories, but it brings back some good memories. And you talk about your your hotel room with the the Apollos and living in that, and the walls getting closer. So my question to you, Luke, is: Would you rather have been in that hotel room when you worked for the Apollos, or would you rather have been in the dorm rooms that we lived in at Menlo? Now I'm not gonna lie; I would much rather have the hotel room because I got a queen size bed, <laughs> and those walls at Menlo were way smaller. And you know this because you stayed there for a couple weeks; <laughs> those were close quarters in there, and you're. <laughs> and that's not tile flooring that's concrete flooring <laughs> in those menlo dorms and you know those cinder block walls who <laughs> i will uh, say you know the hotel room now doesn't seem so bad when you bring that up <laughs> how easily they forget that that was a that was a fun month man we uh we were living the life there huh <laughs> if you can call it that <laughs> if you can call dorm room living in dorm room food living the life yeah we were doing that all good man all good but who, those walls close in quick I'll, i will say that on both places i hear you but uh, I hear you. another thing so, what's a little odd you know the lakers won the championship they're one of the most historic franchises ever all this all that is lebron james going for his fourth title you could make up whatever storyline he's playing his former team I thought that this, this finals was going to be great. It was hyped up well, in my opinion, but the ratings were low. Matter of fact, they were the lowest they have ever been for an NBA finals game. Why do you think the ratings were so low? Uh, I got two reasons for you. One, Trump. Two, the NFL. Um, you know, I think being that it being an election year and all of the politics that are currently going on in the world, uh, even more so in America, uh, you know, that takes away from the shine of the NBA and as well as football. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be crazy if I was to tell you that basketball is more popular than football in America, which we both know it isn't. And football dominates and has always dominated. And I think that, you know, when you had a basketball season that ran in, you know, to the beginning of the NFL season, um, that hurt. And am I shocked? No, I'm not shocked. And, you know, the the, the haters and the, the naysayers will say, well, it was because, you know, the NBA had Black Lives Matter plastered all over their floor and, you know, they wanted to, you know, have racial and social injustice messages on their jerseys and their t-shirts. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't basketball players anymore. And, you know, they were trying to, you know, promote something different than the NBA. And that's why we didn't watch. But I think you and I both know at the end of the day, Luke, that professional athletes are still human beings and they have a platform and the NBA, which is a predominantly African-American association chose to, have their players back and let their players' voices be heard. And I don't think that the NBA would have done it any differently. Low ratings or not, I think that the NBA truly felt that their voices were heard and that they did everything they could to support the teams in the league. 
And I think that they knew they knew what they were getting into when the bubble started with the election coming up and the NFL season starting and, you know, baseball going on. I mean, there was a lot. It went from not a lot going on to a lot going on all at the same time. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked by the low ratings. No, those are all very valid reasons because basketball has been – the schedule has been thrown off. People are used to watching basketball. NBA Finals basketball in June. It's completely throwing off the calendar for it. I also think another reason, what, like you mentioned, you know, Trump and the NFL, I think another reason, like the pandemic has kind of pushed people away from sports. You know, like people have found other ways to preoccupy their time and maybe, you know, don't even know that the games are going on. Like obviously, the most diehard fans are going to watch. But I remember going to some restaurants and I had to ask them to change the channel to an, the NBA game that was going on. And I recall the bartenders being like, hmm, didn't even know playoff basketball was going on. So I think the pandemic has thrown off that people don't even, didn't even realize the casual fan that is. That's why the ratings, I think, were low because the casual fan wasn't paying attention. All the diehards are watching. So, yeah, and I think, I think, I think that's one more I, I think to go one step further, though, on that is, you know, especially in the finals, the ratings were, you know, were a lot lower than in previous years. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, you had one very large market and a, and a well-followed team with the Lakers uh, playing against the team, you know, in a much smaller market and not a strong following, you know, in Miami. Um, you know, and I it's very both, funny I, you say that because living here in Florida, Florida people would give you the impression that, Miami is a big brand and a lot of people follow them. I got to tell you, they are one of the like least followed fan bases for what you would think that organization is. Uh, not a lot of people like the heat here in Florida. They do, but you leave Florida. Not a lot of people even care for the heat or even like realize what the heat are at this point. Any true NBA or basketball fan would realize that the heat is not a big basketball market once they go to a regular season NBA game. I've been to that arena during the regular season. That team does not have a strong following. And, you know, obviously that hurt, hurt the ratings versus having someone like a Toronto or a Boston um, that has a much stronger following. And, and that's you know, the that, thing that people don't realize how rich that fan base is. Like they're one of the most casual fans because the people in the stands there uh, make it just as much money as the players. Like there's a reason they live in Miami. Uh, it's, it's a lot of casual fans when it comes to Miami. It's not the big market that you would think. Miami is that big city, but the basketball team doesn't thrive the way you think it would. And right. I agree. They aren't the big market. They're splashing. The title of Miami is kind of like the draw of it. But as far as following and actual fans, yeah, very loose, not that big a following. So I'm 100% in agreement, but uh, all those things. And I will say another thing that held back the NBA with ratings. I hate to be the snitch here, but you know, not a lot of people have cable and I don't know if people realize that. I understand they could say the games on ABC, but I don't pay for TV. Uh, I don't, do you, pay for TV? Do you pay for cable or do you watch Do you stream everything like a normal human being nowadays? Well, I, I guess after that comment, 
you would classify me as not a normal human being because I do have cable. You pay uh, for cable. Just out of curiosity, just a little off topic, what are you paying for that cable package? Uh, about $70 I a month. I hate to put you on the spot, but... 70, $70 a month in uh, South Orange County. So uh, a little bit inflated, but uh, yeah, we got cable. Now, I got to ask, do you get NBA TV, NFL Network, and MLB TV, and Golf Channel? Do you get those channels? Funny, funny that you ask. I get the Golf Channel and MLB Network. I do not get the NFL Network or the NBA TV. Yeah. Ooh, that, that's steep for that kind of package. But do you at least get all the ESPN and yes. Fox Sports 1? Yeah, I get all the ESPNs, FS1, FS2. And honestly, the, the biggest reason why, uh, you know, we have cable is because, you know, here in Orange County, uh, the, the Lakers play on, um, you know, the Spectrum Sports Network. Um, and, so and you just, can't what, block out, right? Yep, Do they correct. Block, block out the Lakers? Wow. Yep. Yeah, so... <laughs> If, if I if I didn't go with the cable, you know, I'd I'd, I'd be on Reddit every night trying to stream the Laker game. Wow. Well, see, that's just another reason why. But someone actually pays for cable. I'm glad you help provide cable, still having the stranglehold on it. Because I think that's the little thing that holds the ratings back. A lot of people, you know, don't have it. A lot of people watch, you know, on YouTube TV. Hulu sports, uh, all different things other than cable. I think that's what hurt it. But again, I think all the reasons that we touched on are a big reason why the ratings were down, but you kind of had a nice, you know, transition over to what interfered with the NBA and that is the NFL. Let's, let's just talk, have a little NFL chat here. First, All right. let's start with your Patriots, because I've been a big fan of Cam Newton his entire career, and it has been great. I know he got COVID, and <laughs> we saw what the backups do. We, we saw Brian <laughs> Hoyer go out there. Not pretty, but I like when Cam's out there. I love what he's doing. What are your thoughts on your Patriots? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I was very excited when they, when they finally decided to sign him. You know, I, I knew he was a guy that had, had that chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, wanted to prove something. And, you know, I think anytime you get a great player with, that has a chip on their shoulder and you, you combine them with Bill Belichick, one of the greatest football coaches of all time, uh, it's going to be a perfect storm. And, you know, I was surprised at how well and how good the offense looked uh, through the first three weeks. Um you know, I think they'll only get better. Like you said, they had a little bit of a hiccup there and, you know, Cam got put on the COVID IR list and, you know, they've added a, a few more sins with, with Gilmore and, you know, they have the tra tragedy of uh, James White, you know, father dying down in Miami in the car crash. But I think all things considered, uh, you know, given all of the uncertainty that, you know, came with this off season, um, you know, I, I think they've looked fine. Uh, are, are they, are they in a good position right now? No, they're not in a great position, especially since, you know, the bills, the bills have had a very successful start to the season. Um, but I think that, you know, if the season was to continue, um, and, and they're, they're able to play and control these COVID cases, I think the Patriots will be just fine. 
the, the, the offense has looked incredible. And it's pretty awesome to see about how quickly Belichick can adapt his team from Brady, pocket quarterback, going to stand in there, chuck the ball, to Cam, who obviously they're letting him run, and they're letting him run wild. So it's been cool to see them just how dominant the offense has been. And like you said, a little hiccup, but I still expect them to be a playoff team. I do expect them to lose, you know, some more games, obviously. They're not just going to go 14-2, and two, but I see them as a playoff team and even fighting for the top of the division. I know Buffalo's look really good, but I, I see them fighting for the division and getting into the playoffs. Do you think Cam will get signed long-term? He's been great, and Jarrett Stidham, no. He ain't the answer, and they're going to be too good to get a draft pick to get someone like a Trevor Lawrence or space Justin Fields out of Ohio state, they're not going to get someone of that caliber. Should they re-sign cam? You know, I, I think they should. Um, but I think it's a little too early to say that. Um, the start, the start's been good, but I think there's still a lot that needs to play out to see, you know, can this work long-term? Um, you know, and he's in good hands, you know, Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels is, is one of the, the best in the business. Uh, you know, he could be a head coach in the NFL right now if he really wanted to. Um, but you know, but he's stayed put and, and he's been with Belichick here for a while now. And I, I think that, you know, the combination between the three of them, Cam McDaniels and Belichick, you know, I think that they'll, they'll be able to figure it out. And, and as the season, you know, progresses, uh, they'll only get stronger. So, uh, I, I sure hope that it works out for both parties and, and, and that we can see Cam in a Patriots jersey long term. Yeah, I would love to see him there, and especially to see life without Brady, and especially getting a former MVP like Cam. It did, you couldn't ask for anything better if you're Belichick and company. But I agree, Josh McDaniels should be a coach. Um, who are, who are some of the other teams that maybe you think ha- have surprised you so far in the NFL? Uh, in my opinion, Bills have surprised me. Titans have surprised me as well. I know they're playing right now. Browns have shocked me at four and one. I don't believe it. Uh, Saints have underwhelmed. I can't believe the Seahawks are undefeated. Like, who are the, some of the teams that stick out to you so far through this season? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's you know, some of the teams that, you know, have surprised me, I guess, on the good side of things is definitely the Seahawks. Um, you know, they've gotten off to a, a hot start and, you know, they snuck one out against Minnesota on Sunday night and, you know, they, they remain perfect. Um, but I also think the Bills, the Bills have surprised me. Uh, you know, like you said, they're getting beat right now um, as we talk here on Tuesday night. But, you know, the, through their first four games, they look pretty dominant. And, and Josh Allen um, and that defense have, have looked um, have looked solid. Um, so the, those two teams definitely stand out, you know, on, on the good side of the football. On, on the bad side of the football, um, you know, a, a team that has been very surprisingly disappointing, uh, you know, has been the 49ers. And I know that they, they've gotten banged up and, you know, have – dealt with multiple injuries, but, you know, they got rolled by the Miami Dolphins this weekend and, and it doesn't seem to be going in the, in the right direction for, for a team, um, you know, that was in the Super Bowl a year ago. 
and uh, you know they've they've been a big letdown, and I, I think the Cowboys have been a big letdown too. And I know they they came back and they beat the Jets and you know or the Giants, and now Dak's hurt and out for the year with a broken ankle, but. The, the Cowboys did not get off to the greatest of starts under Mike McCarthy. Um, you know, and that's been a little surprising. Yeah. Those, I would say, I would agree with you on the teams that have disappointed the most got to be the 49ers and the Cowboys. Like you said, with the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and with his, he had an ankle sprain and he came back and he got benched. I don't know who the backup is, but, and to lose 43, 17 to the dolphins, is pitiful. It, do you, let's start with the 49ers before we talk about how horrendous the Cowboys are too. But did Jimmy Garoppolo lose his starting job? Like, it, will he be the 49ers quarterback as the season progresses? You know, I, I think he will, uh, just because I don't think they truly believe in, you know, C.J. Beathard. But this also goes to the point of, you know, everyone was so – down on the Patriots, you know, when they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and not, not to bag on Jimmy Garoppolo. Cause I, I do think he's a good player, but I don't think he's special. And, and I think that he's shown that even last year during the playoffs, um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't fancy. He did. He, you know, he didn't really wow you with any of his stuff. I mean, he was solid. Um, but I don't know if he has, you know, I don't know if he has what it takes to, you know, be, be that championship quarterback um, for the Niners. And I don't know what direction they'll go and if he can stay healthy. And if, you know, if he, if he is healthy, will they keep him around and play him? But uh, yeah, they've been, they've been uh, very surprising uh, to say the least to begin this young season. And then the Cowboys, uh, uh, the, Dak injury was horrendous and I'm sure you saw the replay and just sports injuries like that are terrible. And it's unfortunate. He's only playing under the tag, but they were bad before he went down and got hurt. Uh, He's not the reason that they're bad. The Cowboys can't defend their coach is a pushover. The owner, Jerry Jones, obviously is, has been atrocious since Jimmy Johnson left and had, Really, they haven't been successful since the 90s. What needs to change for the Cowboys? I'm sure Brian Brownfield, we know, biggest Cowboy fan, can't stand it. But what did the Cowboys have to do to turn things around? Not this season, but moving forward. But how does this organization get better? Because I don't see it getting any better with Mike McCarthy as coach, even if Dak comes back and can play. Uh, This team has so many holes. How do they get better? I mean, I think the short answer is it's got to be a culture change. Um, you know, do I think they have some talented players? Sure, they do. I think every professional every professional team has talented players. Um, but I think that the culture amongst the organization, uh, and that starts from the top, you know, with the owner, Jerry Jones, um, as well as the new coach, Mike McCarthy. I, I don't think he did a great job of coming in and, putting his foot down and, you know, telling the guys how this is how it's going to be. And this is how things are going to operate. And it, to me, it seems like a very uh, lax uh, ran team. And that's never, never a good thing when you have a first year, you know, coach to a new team. Um, you know, I'm, I know Mike McCarthy's got great experience and, and did some great things with the Packers, 
but at the same time, when, when you're hired to, you know, take on a new role um, with some talented offensive players and, you know, they really need to invest and build into their defense. Cause like you said, they're, you know, their defense, they can't stop a nosebleed. Um, and, and until the culture changes, I don't know how successful they'll be if, if, if they will be successful at all. Now, granted the NFC East is probably the worst division in football and, and has been over the last couple of years. So, you know, is it to say that they can't make the playoffs? And I mean, they, they could, um, cause th- there's some pretty bad football teams in that division, but if they want to have any true, true, you know, playoff success, uh, there needs to be a big, a big culture shift in my opinion. Oh, thousand percent. And before we go any further, no, it is definitively the worst division in football. The whole division combined has four wins, four wins. That's how many the wins the bears have five games into the season. The bears have as many wins as an entire division. It's by far the worst, but I don't see the Cowboys getting better anytime in the future. But before we, let's talk about the Bears real quick. What do you think? Did you? I know you watched did, it on Thursday how, how night. How did you sneak in? How did you sneak in the Bears in this conversation? Am I shocked? No, I'm not shocked. <laughs> it Bears, needs to be talked about to become... because it needs to be talked about because the Bears are four and one. The quarterbacks are horrendous. The defense is great. You watched it on Thursday night. Brady didn't know what down it was. He was under so much pressure all night. The Bears rattled him. The Bears rattled Tom Brady. What do you think of the Bears so far this year? Because I know what's going to happen, but I want to hear someone who's an unbiased fan talk about the Bears. You know, like you said, the Bears' defense is extremely talented. Um, you know, Cleo Max is one of the best in the game. In my personal opinion, you know, and I don't follow them as close as you do, uh, but if it was up to me, I'd much rather have Nick Foles play than Mitch Trubisky. So it's not even a question. Hopefully, hopefully that can continue uh, throughout the season uh, because I think that he just gives them a better chance to win at the end of the day. Um, But you know the, the the bears the bears are gonna they're gonna be there uh, come playoff time. I mean the, the Packers are obviously good, but um, you know the Lions seem a bit down this year, and and the and the Lions are sorry the Vikings seem a bit down this year, and the Lions um, I mean the Lions are the Lions. So uh, you know the Bears are gonna get a playoff berth in my opinion. Uh, what they can do with that playoff berth. It's going to depend a lot on the shoulders of Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, whoever's starting uh, come playoff time. But uh, I'm happy for you. I'm glad that they're having some early season success. And, uh, you know, I think that defense can carry them a long ways uh, as long as the offense doesn't turn over the ball. And I got to say the schedule does, does not bode well. In all honesty, it really doesn't. Because we still got to play the Packers twice. We got to go to L.A., we play the Saints. We play the Titans. We, I, I think the Bears could drop a game to the Texans. I'm nervous. Uh, they are off to a 4-1 and one start, but I got to tell you, I'm the least confident Bears fan if there ever was one because I don't believe in Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky for a second. The defense, one of the best in the league for sure, but quarterback play is the difference in this league. You know that as a Patriots fan. If it wasn't Tom Brady, it, you know, under center there in new England, you wouldn't have six super bowls. 
it, yeah. quarterback yeah. is the biggest difference maker. I know Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl against Brady, but do I believe in him the entire way? No. I do believe in him for sure. Like you said, way more than Mitch Trubisky, but I know how it's going to play out. They're going to get a playoff berth and they're losing in the first round. I, I hate to say it and be so pessimistic about my team, but I, I see the writing on the wall. Quarterback play is not going to get it done, but they did have a big win against the Bucks. What did you thought of the Bucks? Tom Brady's new team? It, you know, they've obviously been one of the biggest stories so far. What, what have you made of it? You know, I, the Bucks have been extremely banged up, and, you know, I don't think Tom Brady, you know, has really been able to utilize all of the weapons, um, you know, that, that Tampa Bay put in place for him. Um, needless to say, I, I think that he's gotten off to a shaky start. You know, he's turned the ball over a lot. He had the blunder uh, on Thursday night and lost track of the down. You know, so I, I think it's been a, sh- a shaky start at best. But at the same time, you know, do I think the Bucks, you know, are, are down and out? I don't think so. Uh, you never count Tom Brady out. And, you know, he's playing with a brand new team for the first, for the first time in his career, ever since he was a rookie. Um, you know, he spent his entire career with one organization and the Patriots. And, you know, he's adapting to, you know, Bruce Arians and, you know, all of his new teammates, um, I, I know that he's got to be enjoying the warmer weather, you know, that can only help his, his old body and, and, uh, come the winter time that that Tampa Bay weather is going to be a lot more enjoyable than that new England weather. But, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we can count the, the bucks out yet. No, absolutely. And they're tied for top of the division uh, and the saints. They're another team that I think has looked a little underwhelming. Like that division is up for grabs at this point. If, and, and if, if I've learned anything from the Saints, yeah, go ahead. No, but like you said, Bucks are injury riddled. You know, Brady hasn't completely adjusted to the new offense and new coach and new change of scenery just yet. They've been injured, but the division is wide open. You know, Falcons are zero and five. Carolina's three and two. Bucks are three and two. Saints are three and two. That division is up for grabs. They could easily win the division. And what do you think of the Saints? You know, they beat the Bucks week one, but I think the Saints have looked a little underwhelming to this point. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if I've come to any conclusions over the last couple of weeks is that the Saints rely extremely uh, heavily on Michael Thomas. Uh, they look like a completely different team without him on the field. And, you know, they're going to have to begin – you know, to, to, to find other ways to win because you, you're not going to be successful if you have to rely on one player that much. Um, you know, they were very lucky to pull, pull the game out last night against the, uh, well, I call them the San Diego Chargers, but the LA Chargers, um, <laughs> you know, they were, they were, you know, what, a few inches away from losing that game uh, on the field goal there late in the fourth quarter. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to have to turn it around. I think their defense has some question marks. You know, they have some solid players on the defensive side of the ball, but I think that, that, that there's some question marks, uh, especially at the linebacker position. And uh, it's not to say the Saints can't get hot, but uh, they got some work to do if they, if they want to make a, a run. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't believe in Drew Brees at this point. Back-to-back playoffs where they've been a top seed and have lost early. And Drew Brees has not looked good in those playoff games. I, this guy, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I think he's top five all time. But he struggles to throw the ball 15 yards down the field. I think that's been the difference between him and Brady. Brady can still sling it. He's just, you know, dealing with a new offense, new system, everything like that. Breeze, his arm just isn't there. So I think that's what's going to hold back the Saints. I don't see them as a true Super Bowl contender. Just because, I mean, the Chargers are going to be lucky to win four or five games this year. And they took the Saints to overtime, and it was a close game. Detroit made it look close. And they couldn't beat the Packers, and they lost to the Raiders. I think the Saints, they're going to underwhelm this year, and that's why they've been underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, you said but, it. We'll see if it happens. Yeah. Um, how, about, how about the best team, I would say, in the league? Actually, here's a question for you. Forget that. Let's say you come across $10,000. You got $10,000 to burn. Who are you betting today right now to win the Super Bowl? And I know fan bias, like, yeah, you could pick the Patriots if you want. That's cute. But who would you bet money if you had money to burn on who would win the Super Bowl right now after five weeks of football? I hope my cousin doesn't listen to this podcast tomorrow. Uh, He's a big Chiefs fan. He lives in Missouri. I'm actually going to see him this week. But I would pick the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) And why are you picking the bad man Aaron Rodgers right now to win the Super Bowl? Because I, I truly believe that he's the best quarterback in the league right now. And, you know, their defense has shown improvement from last season. And I think that the second people start doubting Aaron Rodgers, uh, that's when he burns you. Uh, much like Tom Brady used to burn people when, when you know, they doubted Brady and I just think that, you know, with the combinations of weapons that he has around him with Aaron Jones and, you know, if Devontae Adams can get healthy again, um, you know, he's got some good weapons. And, and I, I think that right now they'd be my pick to win it all. <laughs> you just came in with about five hot takes. You just said Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. You said coming in with the Packers, too. I didn't see that coming. But that is a good pick. That is a very good pick. Who are you taking? If I were to really think about it and want to put money on a team, no team. That, and that's the problem. I want to pick the Chiefs, but no, teams don't repeat Super Bowl champions. It just does not happen that teams repeat in the NFL. There's too much change. There's too much. There's too many variables. It just, it doesn't happen. So I'm, I wouldn't bet on the chiefs. I also taking all the bias out. I still could not bet on the Packers. I just cannot stand Aaron Rodgers. He's so good. Like you said, I think definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but yeah, the chiefs are good. The chiefs uh, are good for sure. That's I why just, I said my cousin, my I would, cousin will be mad at me that I didn't pick the chiefs with my 10 grand that I don't have. Uh, but yeah, if I, if I had to make a pick, if, I, if, if I were to bet, uh, 
I'd have to go Brady. I feel, the Bucks. Uh, I'd burn ten thousand dollars on the Bucks. I know that's the, probably the worst decision you can possibly do because it's the Bucks and Brady, new system, new coach. But I think they'll have their offense figured out. They'll be healthy at that time of year. I think the defense is good enough. I, I would say the Bucks. I think they're only just going to get better, and Brady will show that he can win without Belichick. Like I think that chip on his shoulder is there. And then uh, I know it's just one game, but the blunder of him not knowing what down it was, I think is just going to motivate him to be even like more serious about games now moving forward. So I would say the Bucks. Fair enough, fair enough. But there are a lot of good teams out there when I think about it. You know, Bucks, Buffalo, like we talked about, Kansas City. Uh, how about the other team that everyone considers su- another Super Bowl favorite that we haven't discussed yet? The Ravens. What do you make of the Ravens? Lamar Jackson, former MVP. Uh, wh- what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think that the biggest problem with Lamar Jackson is teams have gotten enough film on him and the style of football that he wants to play. And the NFL has such great athletes that teams are going to figure out a way to contain him and and make him a passing only quarterback. And he's not going to be able to, you know, rush 12 times for 120 yards um, like he did majority of last season. And I mean, I, I think the Ravens are talented. I just, I just don't see them being a, a real threat uh, come playoff time to win, to win the Super Bowl this year. And, and yeah, I would agree with you. You know, they're just, I don't think Jackson is there yet. They have a lot of talent, like you said, but I don't think he's there as play style wise, just not there yet to win a championship. Another team that a lot of people had high hopes for coming in the Colts. Uh, you have seen Philip Rivers up close being from San Diego and seeing him. He's washed, right? Tell me he's washed. No one else wants to admit it, but you have to be able to admit it, right? Luke, he's washed with a capital W. (laughs) Finally, someone needs needs to say. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'll say because I could sit here and, I really feel about Philip Rivers, but I don't think uh, all of all of your followers want to hear that, and I don't want uh, to. Uh, hey, let uh, me tell you, I, I talked I talked about it in a former episode. My unpopular opinion, but uh, uh, nice to hear that you don't think it's unpopular. I said he's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, I argue that he is not a Hall of Fame quarterback, like a lot of people would have you believe that he is. I agree. Um, real quick though, before we end this, I just got to add the teams who you think can turn it around. Like a couple teams have been underwhelming. Is there anyone that you think can, you know, come back? Like, let, let's say like a, the 49ers, or is there someone maybe flying under the radar that you want to give some love to? Yeah. You know, I think that one of the teams that will hopefully be able to turn it around um, and, and they got off to a hot start the, the first couple of games of the season. Uh, you know, they didn't really play anybody 
to begin. Uh, they had a good win against the 49ers, uh, but the Cardinals, you know, I, I think that Tyler Murray's got another year under his belt um, after his rookie season. He's got a true weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, their, their defense, you know, ha- has been better. Uh, it's not great, but it, it's, it's getting better. And, you know, I think they sit at three and two, um, you know, after they dismantled the Jets this week. But, you know, who hasn't dismantled them? Um, and so I, th- I think the Cardinals would be a team to watch out for to see if they can turn it around and, and make the playoff run. And then, you know, on the, on the AFC side of things, um, this is going to sound like a homer pick, but I, I think the Patriots will turn it around. I, you know, I know they sit at two and two. Uh, they lost a tough one at Seattle, but, you know, they're, they're, they're currently two games back of the Bucks, uh, or not the Bucks, sorry, the Bills. Um, so, they're, you know, they're two games back to Buffalo, and, and they haven't played Buffalo yet. So they have two, two huge games against Buffalo. But, uh, you know, if we're looking at a team around the 500 mark or, or below, uh, I'll take the Pats. Yeah, I would say of all the teams that I expect to make the playoff push that maybe you don't see it right now for record, those would be the two teams in the respective conferences. But a team that I want to give love to happens to be in the same division as the Cardinals, the, the Rams. Uh, you could say they haven't played anyone because they haven't. They played the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and the Washington football team. They have swept the NFC least. And then they lost to the Bills. But they lost to the Bills when it was final score 35-32. I think the Rams are a legit threat to win some playoff games. You know, they've shown they can go to a Super Bowl. You know, Sean McVay, I think, is underappreciated in this league for the things that he kind of changed, being that first super young coach to get a starting job and really turn around a team and set a tone. Um, I think people have slept on him. I think Jared Goff, you know, is very average at quarterback, but they have a lot of nice talent. They have the best defensive player in the league. They got a nice secondary. I think the Rams should not be slept on and they could be dangerous come playoff time. And then in the AFC, I didn't think they were going to be any good, but the Raiders (laughs) three and two, they just, they just beat. Who did they just beat? The Chiefs. Yeah, they upset the Chiefs in in Kansas City. You know, yeah, like Gruden might know a little something. I mean, you might think the Raiders stink since the Patriots took it to them with uh, Cam Cam, but I think the Raiders they they're a team that have surprised me for sure. Uh, they definitely have a tough slate of games ahead of them, but uh, I think they're a team that can sneak into the playoffs. But I, do I see them winning a playoff game? Absolutely not. But they're a nice little story that I've been surprisingly good so far. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. The, the Rams have been – had a successful start. Uh, strength of schedule hasn't been great. But, you know, at the end of the day, you still got to win the games you play. Uh, you know, and they've been able to do that. They almost came back and, you know, beat the Bills in Buffalo. Uh, I think they were down, you know, 28-7 to or – some, some, some large amount um, there, and, and they came back and, and made it a field goal game. And, you know, on, on the other side of the conference, you know, the, the Raiders, you know, they have been a bit of a surprise. I don't think that – I didn't expect them to, to be as successful as they've been. Uh, you know, they had a huge win uh, this past weekend in, in Kansas City in front of about 20,000 fans, which is always funny to see. 
Um, but I also think that they might have, they, they, they may have um, overperformed a little bit. I don't know if they can keep it up throughout the rest of the season. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, John, John Gruden, you know, he'll, he'll always get his guys to play hard for him. I just don't think that Derek Carr is very talented. Uh, and, and their receiving core is, is very underwhelming. Um, you know, Darren Waller is extremely, extremely talented at the tight end position, but outside of, you know, Darren Waller, uh, there's, there's not much that entices me with the Raiders. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that, but they have a favorable schedule. If you look at the teams they play, they have a favorable schedule to win. You know, they play the Chargers twice still. They play the Broncos twice still. They play the Falcons. They play the Jets. They play the Colts. They play the Dolphins. <laughs> it's a winnable schedule. So that's the, that's the only reason I have a little faith in this team is because of the competition that they play. The last team I want to talk about, though, is I think the team that has overperformed the most to this point, and it's the Cleveland Steamers. That's right, the Browns, 4-1. and one. What do you make – of the Mayfield show, <laughs> Baker and Odell, what do you think of the crew? How, like, what do you make of this four and one start? Do you think it's legit or you think they're not about it? Oh, you know, I mean, I tip my cap off. Browns, you know, they get a lot of, a lot of the negative coverage. Um, Odell Beckham brings that on a lot himself. Baker Mayfield, not, you know, not much better. Uh, you know, those two guys haven't been, haven't had the best, uh, the best viewpoints in the, in the media here in the last couple of years, but you know, they, they got, they got demolished week one against the Ravens, um, which I expected. And, and since then they've, they've, they've beaten Cincinnati and Washington at home. Uh, I mean, yeah, they won, but not great wins. Um, you know, Mayfield through the first four games of the season, you know, he threw for over 200 yards one time. And I, I know they run the ball a ton with Chubb and hunt. Um, you know, and then they went on the road and they beat Dallas, which seemed like a good win, but here Dallas is struggling a little bit, you know, so how good of a win was that? And then, you know, they took care of business at home this past weekend against the Colts, which I, I think is a good win. You know, I think the Colts are off to a strong start. Um, you know, they had, they had a good record. But it, as far as, you know, do I expect the Browns to keep it rolling? You know, I don't. You know, they, they, they got to play Pittsburgh twice. Uh, they still got to play Baltimore again. They got to play at Tennessee. You know, they got to play Houston. They got to play Vegas. Uh, you know, so those will all be challenging games. You know, I, I think best case scenario for Cleveland is, you know, like a 10 and six. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's my, that's my thought on the Browns. Um, not, not no, I think, sold. I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm not sold. Uh, they're a team that will beat bad teams, but will struggle to beat the good teams. Uh, they played the Steelers next and, I don't see them winning that. I could see them beating the Bengals, the Eagles, the Jags, and then the Giants and the Jets. But everyone else they play should beat them, or as, at least is good enough to beat them. I see them beating the bad teams, 
but losing to the good team. So I'm, I'm a non-believer like you. And that Mayfield stat to say through the first four games to only throw, only throw over 200 yards once in today's game. I know, like you said, they run the ball a lot, but there's teams give you 30 opportunities to throw the ball 30 times. You can't get the ball over 200 yards. That's pitiful. Yeah, and, and and the one time he did throw it over 200, I think it was like 219 or 218. So it wasn't like he threw for 300 yards. Uh, and like and, I said, and, you know, that, it's not to say they don't have weapons either. It's not to say <laughs> yeah. they don't have weapons. Yeah, they got, they they have got a couple of weapons. Yeah. But I think that covers it. NFL teams, we pretty much talked about every team that's worth talking about anyways. <laughs> yeah, man, this is great. Great catching back up with you. A little uh, – NBA finals recap after we did our preview. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the preview and the recap has been awesome. It's always, always good to connect with you and, uh, talk a little shop. You know, we, we love our sports and, uh, I'm glad that, uh, we were able to get on today and, uh, have this conversation to recap the NBA season and, you know, look, look forward here to a little, little NFL now. I know, you know, then, it's always just good to talk to another diehard sports fan who just follows it as closely as I do. I'm constant. All I care about my, it probably bothers my girlfriend so much that is we have to watch another game. And it's like, unfortunately we do because <laughs> this team is fun. I, I got to tell you, I forced her to watch every Laker game. We bought every single playoff game. I made her watch. <laughs> so There's nothing it's like, always nothing good to like talk it. There's nothing and like then it. there's not. And that's why it's good to talk to you and someone who, you know, knows the game is passionate about sports like me. And, you know, it's just always good to talk to an old friend. So yeah, always yeah, good well, catching up I'm, uh, hitting the I'm best, happy. best of two sports, you know, basketball and football. I hear you. You know, I'm, I'm happy to invited me to be on again and I have enjoyed doing it with you and uh, hope we can uh, get together and do some more here in the future. It sounds good, man. Well, until next time, you know, we got to do it again. Go Lakers, baby. <laughs> hey, Lake Show, let's repeat. 2020, <laughs> 2021 champions next. Run it back. Run it back. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs>